Hello and welcome to our Maritime Impact podcast series. I'm your host, Eric Nayus, Director Environment for Maritime at DNB. At its 78th meeting, the Marine Environment Protection Committee finalized some of its long-awaited decisions on technical guidelines for the upcoming EEXI, CII, and SEMP regulations. The committee also approved a new sulfur emission control area to be established in the Mediterranean, impacting key trading routes. Clearly a very busy meeting with outcomes that are likely to have profound short and long-term effects. In this episode, I will take a closer look at these decisions, their likely impact, and what MEPC 78 is likely to mean for the maritime industry. We hope you liked the episode, and now on to the show. As it's been a while since we last discussed the goings-on at the IMO, I thought we'd start off today with a bit of a recap of the present status of the work. Back in early summer of 21, MEPC 76 adopted a set of three different regulations. In rough terms, these are the EEXI, the Energy Efficiency Indicator for Existing Ships. This is a one-off technical design standard applied to existing ships. The CII, the Carbon Intensity Indicator, which is a recurring annual requirement to the performance of all vessels that will tighten annually. And finally, the SEMP Part 3, that's the Ship Energy Efficiency Management Plan, which is a management plan all ships need to have on board, and that details how the ship intends to meet the CII requirements. All will become effective as of the 1st of January 2023, which obviously is just around the corner. Now, despite being adopted last year, there was a significant amount of technical work required in order to detail how exactly this is all going to work in practice. This work has now been concluded in the form of guidelines approved at MEPC 78. Furthermore, and also in the wake of MEPC 76, the IMO has been ramping up its activity on a potential tightening of the decarbonization goals for shipping, along with the increasing focus on the next tranche of regulations that should be developed. Maybe the most highly anticipated outcome of MEPC 78 at least amongst ship operators, was a finalization of the guidelines, in particular for the CII and the SEMP. While the CII guidelines have clarified numerous issues, the most crucial one deals with the CII correction factors. At the time of adoption, there was recognition that the CII had issues that could potentially lead to market distortion and create perverse incentives and undesirable outcomes. To deal with this, correction factors would be needed, and the guideline to address this was up for approval at MEPC 78. The short and sweet of it is that 11 correction factors and voyage adjustments have been introduced, helping with some issues, such as operations in ice conditions, power consumption for handling of certain cargo types, and corrections for some special ship types and operations. On the other hand, a number of other correction factors were rejected, including corrections for adverse weather, extensive port and waiting time, LNG carrier boil-off gas consumption, and others. There is, however, the possibility of these being reconsidered at the review point in 2025. The second highly anticipated guideline addresses SEMP Part 3 implementation. The SEMP Part 3 defines the ship-specific target CII for the next three years and must include an implementation plan documenting how it is to be attained. 
It also needs to contain procedures for self-evaluation and improvement, along with a corrective action plan in those cases where a ship has failed to attain compliance. While the overall requirements were clear after adoption last year, it was absolutely critical to get the guidelines done now, as a regulatory requirement is that most ships above 5,000 gross tons need to have the SEMP Part 3 developed, approved and on board by 1st of January 2023. As time is getting short, we urge all operators to develop and submit the SEMP Part 3 for approval as soon as possible. Shifting to more long-term matters, MEPC 78 spent a lot of time discussing the revision of the greenhouse gas strategy that was agreed back in 2018. This strategy has a clear target for 2050, a 50% reduction of emissions compared with 2008 levels, but is a bit less clear when it comes to the question of ultimate decarbonization. At present, this is framed as a vision and something that should happen, and I quote, before the end of the century, end quote. In the time since adoption of the original strategy, the pressure for going to full decarbonization by 2050 has been increasing significantly. At MEPC 78, a majority of close to the 70 members who spoke were clear in their support of this strengthening of the ambition. On the other hand, a significant minority were quite clear in the refusal to accept this before robust analysis had been done on the impacts and implications, technology readiness and availability, etc., etc. Because the IMO is a consensus-driven organization that really does not like to vote on the issues, it is clear that there will be quite challenging negotiations on this in the lead-up to MEPC 80 in July 2023. In many ways, this is the irresistible force meets immovable object conundrum, and clever diplomacy is needed to achieve consensus in the little time available. In parallel with the strategy discussions, MEPC also has started looking into the next generation of regulations. Here too, the decisions on what to go for will be made at MEPC 80 in July next year. At the intercessional meeting leading up to MEPC 78, it was clear that the discussion is starting to crystallize into considering carbon pricing, market-based measures or MBMs in IMO speak, and a more technical regulation focused on the well-to-wake greenhouse gas footprint of fuels. The IMO last attempted to come to an agreement on MBMs 10 years ago with no success. This time it appears somewhat more likely that the ball will move, though maybe not very quickly. On the table we have three different levy approaches and one proposal for a cap and trade system. They all have their supporters, but there is no one proposal that stands out as being obviously preferred. What we do see is that a large number of countries would like to see some kind of carbon pricing in combination with the greenhouse gas fuel standard, and we believe that this is what the MEPC will end up agreeing on next summer. But that is when the really hard work starts. Translating a general agreement into clear legal language, getting the necessary bodies set up to handle the practicalities, setting up the mechanisms to handle the money, etc., etc., is no easy task, and it will all take time. In our view, it is quite likely that we're well into the mid-2020s before we see adoption, and then it will still be at least a couple of years before things enter into force and become effective. With this kind of timeline and uncertainty, some may believe that this is really not worth thinking about yet. However, I want to emphasize that assuming this eventually kicks in, the impacts are going to be quite significant. 
the cost impact of carbon pricing alone can easily add several hundreds of dollars per ton to the price of fuel. And a fuel greenhouse gas standard is intended to force uptake of alternative fuels that at least initially will be a lot more expensive than the conventional ones. So seeing that the basis for these future regulations will be decided at MBC 80, I can only repeat that this will be a crucial meeting and one well worth watching. There are a couple of other things emanating from MAPC 78 that I would like to mention as we head towards the end of this episode. One greenhouse gas related and one non-greenhouse gas. From a greenhouse gas perspective, MEPC is continuing its work on developing a so-called life cycle greenhouse gas and carbon intensity guideline for marine fuels. This will provide a framework for taking into account the actual greenhouse gas footprint and sustainability aspects of the entire life cycle of a fuel, and not only what happens when the fuel is burned. The guideline is intended to be approved at MEPC 80, yet another task for what looks to be a very busy meeting, and will have potentially very significant implications for fuel choice, depending on how it is implemented into the various existing and future regulations. The non-greenhouse gas matter I wish to mention, as I know it is of great interest to many of you out there, is that MEPC 78 approved the designation of the Mediterranean as a sulfur emission control area. Adoption is expected at MEPC 79 in December, at which time we expect a decision to make it effective as of the 1st of July 2025. The requirements to be compliant will be the same as for existing sulfur emission control areas, either burning fuel with no more than 0.1% sulfur or using an exhaust gas cleaning system. Either of these options do of course have cost implications. So that's it for MEPC 78. The key takeaways that I would like you all to be considering are all guidelines for the regulations adopted last year, EEXI, CII, and SEMP Part 3 are now done in time for 2023. If you haven't started to prepare, the time is now and the countdown is on. Greenhouse gas strategy and reduction ambitions are really in focus and will drive the stringency and the impact of greenhouse gas regulations. But the work is proceeding according to the IMO work plan and decisions are expected next summer at MEPC 80. The next generation of regulations are now being discussed in detail and first decisions on this are also expected next summer. I want to repeat that whatever is decided here, it is likely to have significant long-term cost implications. Before I go, I need to mention that DNV has rolled out a SEMP Part 3 generator that should be extremely helpful to all of you that need to develop and submit the SEMP in order to get compliant by January 1st, 2023. It is a fully digital solution using pre-populated data forms and menus of compliance options, making it very quick and easy to tailor the plan to a specific ship and submitting it for approval. If you're interested, head over to dnv.com SEMP3 for a closer look. And when it comes to the CII, DNV's DCS customers can use Emission Insights on Veracity. Emission Insights is a dashboard for easy monitoring of vessel and fleet CO2 status, and it gives you insight into the fleet performance compared with benchmarks. Also, it provides a preliminary CII rating for your fleet and vessels. Thank you for joining us for this episode. The decisions taken at MPC 78 were long awaited and will continue to be debated in the coming months. 
highly anticipated guidelines were joined by discussions on a longer-term strategy for the reduction of greenhouse gases. But it wasn't just MEPC taking important regulatory steps these last few months. The EU has continued to negotiate the Fit for 55 package, a topic we discussed at length during Series 2 of Maritime Impact. Please join us for the next episode, where we'll cover the status of these negotiations, any new developments, and explore some of the reactions to what has been going on. You've been listening to the Maritime Impact podcast from DNV with me, Eric Nyus. If you enjoyed the episode, please don't forget to give us a rating or a review and visit dnv.com slash decarbonization for more information. Thank you for listening.